Oh my goodness gracious. I apologize, I apologize, I apologize, and happy new year. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Edge Patel Show while I'm still getting set up here. I know I wanted to hit episode 20 by January 1st, but uh, as you can clearly see, that did not happen. <laughs> My name is Ajay Patel. Welcome to episode 18. Uh, yeah, just took two weeks off, basically. I was back at home uh, for the holidays, New Year's, Christmas, uh, spent time with friends and family, and honestly, I'm not even going to lie. I had time to record. It just, I just got lazy, got complacent, and... I didn't want to end up stressing it in addition to I actually did start recording for an episode and then I was whispering again and then I was like damn bro like do I really want to put this out or is are we just better off not putting on an episode and then I kind of just thought like oh you know what it's holiday time we'll get by um missing one or two episodes during holiday seasons a little bit justified. I should just gave a little bit more of a heads up. So for that, I do apologize. But nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, Happy New Year. We are finally here. It's actually going to be a big topic about today, just uh, New Year's resolutions in general. I am someone that personally used to mock this quite a bit. And now it's kind of just like, ah, whatever, you know, like, I, I get it. I get it. Um, a lot of times you see the common the common terminology or phrase, yeah, phrase, let's go with phrases, new year, new me, new year, new me. Um, I think that's a bit crazy, you know, like, I get it, right? If you're truly trying to redefine yourself, if you're like, damn, you know what, I've been a shitty person, I've been uh, selfish, I've been super out of touch with my health, I've been drinking a lot, I've been eating like shit, I've been doing all this stuff bad, so therefore, I'm gonna rebrand myself and be this new me. Personally, I feel like that's a bit, for myself, remember, I'm just talking for myself, I think that's a bit too far of a reach, you know, like, I don't think I'm gonna be giving up fast food, I don't think I'm gonna be giving up drinking like i'm not giving up the bad stuff necessarily but i guess it's just more so like all right you know what maybe i need to put it in my thoughts of putting this in a little bit more um what's it called moderation moderation how do i moderate this stuff so i have a list of my resolutions actually you know what i'll i'll kind of just see if i can go off the top of my head with what i remember but going back to the resolutions, kind of like the the mockery of it, it is funny as far as like health is a big thing, right? Health will always be something that is massive, a huge thing, right? Health, finances, and health, finances, and what would be like a third thing that people focus on a lot? Traveling more? Yeah, so maybe like quality of life. And I guess that kind of falls under the finance bucket because it's like, okay, you know what? We have more money to do these things. We're spending less on uh, superficial things, whether it's name brand clothes or just stuff around the house. And now we're spending it more on travel. So health, finances, and I'll just leave those two as the main two buckets. The health one's pretty big as far as, you know, like you see all the jokes that come around, right? Like you... and. Personally, if you go to the gym yourself, you're going to see a big influx of people that are in there that you haven't seen ever before. And now those times that you used to go, like maybe you used to go at 2 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 
evening night, whatever it is, right? You see a bigger crowd of people, mainly because of this January push. But I was also wondering, and personally for myself, I'm recording this on January 7th. I haven't even been to the gym yet. I've gone for a couple walks, you know, like, and health is something that is on my list. But I haven't been able to see that influx of people, right? Like, are these meme jokes, not meme, it's actually just like a general thing. Are they still true? Or has the mockery almost led it to be not factual anymore? If, if that makes sense, you know, like, oh, because everyone is going to mock me at the gym, you know, because they know that I'm not a usual here. Therefore, I'm not going to go to the gym in January. Maybe I'll sign up in March. You know, maybe it's a, a goal that I push out for a little bit. And so then it's like, I avoid the, the big wave of people that kind of just start going in January. And I'm not mocked too much. See, this is where, like, right now you can see, like, I'm just thinking about it way too much. But it is a thing, right? Like, as someone that was a usual at a gym for a while, and not anything fancy, right? I was just a little LA fitness gal. People walk around that place like like they own it. And, and, and this is true, right? And I'm not even talking about, like, uh, if you go there and play basketball or anything like that, right? There are usuals at these gyms. Whether... And, and I don't mean like um, a certain gym specifically, right? Like I go to this LA Fitness today and then I go to this other LA Fitness down the street. No, it's normally this gym, this time, every single day. You will see the same people, the big ass dudes, absolutely ripped. Same thing with women. There are a set crowd of maybe like five to 10 people that if you go to a gym, you will see them year round. And so I was wondering if like, you know, those people are the people that are actually having like, ah, shit, you know, January is always such a shit month because you can never get equipment. You can you got to wait in line for a bench press. You got to wait for a squat rack because of this influx of January people. And then I was like, truly, truly, if you were ever to talk to these people, they're pretty chill. I think they get a bad rap sometimes because it's like, uh, you know, they walk around like they own L.A. Fitness and they're paying $30 a month, like just like me. So, you know, why should I have to kind of uh, take a backseat to them when it comes to, you know, being in the gym at certain times, having priority certain equipment? And I think it's just like, bro, relax, 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 relax. Most of the time, these people are the nicest people. They seem a little bit more to themselves because you know, this is what they do. They come here for this shit. They don't come here just to do a little stair stepper for 10 minutes or whatever it is. This is this is what they live and breathe, right? Like they're going to find a way to get their set in. So that overthinking part of it, I feel like it's a bit outdated. But I wonder if it's something that is, you know, culturally or maybe socially a factor for why people don't go to the gym in January. And so, you know, right now I'm staying on this, this flow of mockery, right? Like the gym is the one thing I can think of that people are like, oh yeah, all right, whatever. You know, like, yeah, sure. You're going to go to the gym, but you're just going to last January. So, you know, what's the point of making that resolution? The second thing, and I do find this a little bit more comical than the gym one. Cause it's like, if you want to start going to the gym, do your thing. I get it. The one thing that I, uh, sorry, the second thing, like I was saying, is dry January. 
Now, I started hearing this terminology a lot, probably like two years ago. So I don't know if it's like a recent thing, if it was a thing that like maybe even my parents did. Like how recent is this phenomenon of taking January off from drinking? I personally, I think it's a bit dumb. That's just, that's just me. Because for, for what, you know, like January is such a fun time of the year where things aren't really that busy. There's not a lot of weddings. There's not that many birthdays and stuff like this is a fun social time of the year. So you tell me we're going to go out. I'm going to see you. And you're not going to drink because you're doing dry January. So do I just need to delay my hangout with you till February? I get it, right? Like I get the whole health aspect of it. Like, oh, you know what? I'm just trying to drink less in in the year 2024. So therefore, I think dry January is a good start to it. In addition to it, be it's more so like December was such a bloodbath. In December, I was drinking from Thanksgiving on to each weekend because someone was in town and then into New Year's where it was just nonstop. So that part I kind of understand, but it's also just like moderation. And I understand that's hard to do, especially when it's like peer pressure and you're out or if you have certain social events, like it's a little hard to just be like, all right, you know what? I'm going to do this one, two drink. I'm going to go home. It almost becomes like extremes, right? Like, no, nah, either I'm going to do dry January or I know I'm about to get properly messed up out there. But dry January is something that I mocked myself. Uh, personally, once again, I am not doing that. I also have not signed up for a gym membership. I probably should. But we have a gym in the apartment complex. And so I tried to do that whole, you know, like that, that, uh, where you kind of set yourself up to go, right? Where like, okay, I'm paying $300 a month for Equinox. So therefore I am forcing myself to get in there more frequently than the gym that's already included with my monthly rent, right? So try to do that uh, where you kind of force yourself where it's like, hey, this money is gonna be going to waste if I do not go. Personally, I wanted to do that, but I think it just comes down to discipline because I've had, you know, like expensive gym memberships. I've had LA fitness. And the only time that I got into a true, true flow of like, yeah, I go to the gym. Like where I was like, there, there's not many day ones for me, right? Like I was going on a consistent basis. And this is probably maybe a couple years post-college where it's like, damn, I've, I've never been putting on weight like this before. And I'm talking about unhealthy weight, right? Like where I would look in the mirror, I think it was probably sometime after my sister got married. And this happens for a lot of people. This happens for a lot of people where post-college, you're not as active anymore. You're not as active anymore. You're not walking to class. You're not walking to go get your food. You're not walking to uh, the pre-party. And then when you go out, you're probably burning another 1,000, 2,000 calories. And also you're in college, you're, pretty much eating less, right? Like, yeah, there's the freshman 15 where, you you know, you put on a certain amount of weight, but you're not like binge eating. And then you leave college, you kind of lose that social circle for the most part, right? Yeah, yeah, you're, you still got friends. Yeah, you're still hanging out with people, but you put weight on. And for me, it was no different. Uh, you you can go back and look at the pictures. It, it, it was getting a little bad for a, little, for a while. And even now, right, there's times where it's just like, 
damn, bro. But back then, back then, when a little bit post-college, when I had some weight on me, the only time that I was able to get into the gym on a consistent basis is when I it was just properly ingrained into my routine. It wasn't a matter of like, yeah, you know, I signed up for this more expensive gym membership, therefore I'm going more often. I did John Reed in Dallas. And that was what, maybe a hundred bucks a month? And I was going maybe twice a week, which is decent, right? But as far as what my goals were, it wasn't lining up to that. And then I had to drive there, I had to find parking. Like the the friction of going led to me not going as much. And they say this a lot, right? Like if you can reduce the friction in what your goal is, then you are more likely to take that first step to accomplishing it, right? Like if the gym is in your apartment complex, more than likely you can get there a little bit easier. It just takes a little bit, put your clothes on and just go. And it's the same thing, right? With 20 minute drive, as far as you make that decision, you'll go. But once again, like the only time that I was able to go on a consistent basis is when I was going to work in Fort Worth and I was driving home and I had my gym bag and I would probably leave the office at three. No, no, people, people definitely looked at me a little crazy when I was leaving at three, but it was, it was just part of my routine. I would tell people I got in at like six o'clock. So, you know, they don't think I'm like cheating time. I would leave at three o'clock, go to the gym, be home by five 30. And I was doing that on a consistent basis, maybe like three to four months, five days a week. I wasn't going hard every single day in there, right? Like sometimes it would just be cardio. Sometimes I would just go play about go to play basketball. But that was the only time I was able to get it ingrained into my schedule. So this is all just like a long-winded way, long-winded way of saying I understand how hard it is to get into a certain flow of being new year, new me, how hard that is because you got to just flip a switch, right? How do you go from just being your December self to just being like, all right, you know what? Now I drink less. Now I eat out less. Now I go to the gym more. Now I'm better to my friends and family. Now I shit and better at work. How do you flip a switch to make all of that happen in January? Of course, it's going to get mocked. It's damn near impossible. And so in my goals that I'm about to go over, where it's just like, okay, you know what? I know I've had these goals in the past, and I know I've fell flat on my face on these goals in the past. So what can I do to kind of wire my mindset to say, all right, you know what? This, if you do this on a certain basis, frequency, then you will be closer to that goal that you wanted to achieve. Yeah, you can go to the gym five times a week in January, but will that burn you out? Will you get there? Will you be able to keep it up in February? Will you be able, will you be able to keep it up in, in March, April, or you know, the second half of the year? Or do certain goals wait? Hey, you know what? I and waiting to do this certain project, and, and let's say like it's a creative project, right? I don't want to shove that into January or February because it's like, you, 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 you're you already trying to get momentum on the other goals. So why shove something else in there? Because, and, and, and then you kind of just fall, fall over and then you revert back to the basic old, all right, I'm gonna wake up, maybe do a little gym, nine to five, play some video games, 
maybe eat like shit, go to sleep. So how do you avoid that destruction event occurring, <laughs> right? Obviously, it's not that serious, but in my head, I am taking it that serious. So I start with this, and this is where I get a bit serious. My first resolution, um, and and it, it's 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 like a web of things, right? So if I don't say like, oh, yeah, I want to be better at the podcast, don't assume that it's like I don't want to be, right? But it kind of just falls under the branches of this higher achieving goal, which is just try harder. I was kind of thinking when I was at home um, the last couple of weeks, and it's not like there's much to do, right? Like you're either hanging out with people, you're either spending time with family. I didn't really want to spend time, you know, cleaning the bathroom and stuff. So there's a lot of downtime where you're just thinking. Or personally, where my thoughts come up is when I'm just like going for a walk. When I go for a walk and something pops in my head and it's like, damn, bro, you know, like, and you start thinking about that through levels and layers and all that stuff. So for me, the number one thing is just try harder. Like I was thinking about this and it's like, if you truly assess what percentage you are going at, would you, would you applaud yourself for that? Right? Like if you finish your day, and not even your day, right? Because a day is, I would say, based it off of the week. Week to week, do you feel like you gave a certain percentage? Whether it's work, the gym, how you're eating, how you're treating people, how you're treating yourself. What percentage did you give? Now, personally, and, and I, I'm not trying to get depressing or anything like that, but personally, I do feel like I currently operate at maybe a 40%. On an optimal week, maybe 65. And and I'm talking optimal, right? Where <clears throat> I did a podcast, I did a stand-up, I did a I did an extra on a film shoot, I did my shit at work. I went to the gym a couple of times. I I did the laundry. I was able to keep up with house chores. I was able to treat Isha right. I was able to call my family on a certain basis. And that's just actually doing all that, that would get me to 80, 80. So, so you're past the, the, the good score of 70, right? The passing score of 70 and you're at 80. Now that's a lot. I think there are very few weeks that I have been able to accomplish all of that. If, if it, they even did occur, maybe I'm lying to myself, but personally where I'm just like, damn, bro, you know what? Maybe. I don't need to be doom scrolling on TikTok right now. Get get your ass in the gym. Go put those gym shorts on. Put those socks and shoes on and just go to the gym. The rest just happens, right? It, as soon as you just kind of start that first domino, the rest does happen. The issue is, is that mental fatigue to not even fatigue, right? That mental hill to climb where you're just like, all right, I'm going to take this first step. And then after that, I know steps three, four, five, six come after that. But I just need to take that first step. And personally, in my year where I feel like each week, each week, week to week, week to week, where I'm just like, damn, time is flying. Anytime you say that, damn, time's flying by, more than likely you're burning it doing some, some bullshit. 
some nonsense where you're just like, damn, you know, I, I really feel under accomplished this week. 2023 was not a bad year for me. A lot of blessings, right? Like, holy shit. Endless. And and and, and that that's the blessings came from externally. Internally, it's like, all right, you know, I still got my job. I'll still able to keep a roof over my head. I'll still able to feed myself. That's one thing. And and yeah, pat my pat pat myself on the back for that. But that's 40%, bro. You're just operating. You're just working 20 hours a week, making it look like 40. What if you actually worked 40 hours? What if you put in 20 plus hours into something else? What if you wrote more jokes? What if you signed up for more stand-up spots? What if you went to acting class? What if you went to the gym more? Small stuff. Small stuff. And don't get me wrong, right? Like, it was a busy year last year with weddings, bachelor parties, birthdays. And this year, even though there are less weddings, the shit is lining up to be the exact same thing. I will have to be traveling to Dallas. I will have to be traveling to, let's say, Denver, Florida. It does, it, it's going to come. The year is going to, either way, the money leaves the bank account. <laughs> right? Like, sure, there will be less weddings and I will be spending less on weddings. Now people are going to start turning 30 and everyone's going to start throwing 30th birthday party. Now people are going to start having kids. Very logical things, right? But it's going to happen every year. And then by the time you know it, you have your kid. And then that's your time. So in this pocket that I'm in right now, how am I spending my time? So in that, like, you know, like I just uh, questioned myself over and over again about certain goals, right? That is what becomes that second level after that. I did two stand-up spots last year. Maybe two stand-up spots and then like a handful of just like emceeing things. And the emceeing things, they count, but they also don't count because it's like you're doing that for friends. And I'm taking my ability in certain, uh, how, do, how would I say it? People ask me to MC because they know I can do that at a good rate and clip, right? Like I get those decent number of laughs and then, and then I'm off. I'm doing, people are asking me to do that because they know I can do that, right? You're already going to an audience that you decently know. And more so than that, like, that's all South Asian. Personally, being in LA, when you do stand up, it, it's so different, right? Like you're trying to make a black person, a white person, a Hispanic person, a, a Chinese person, a, an Indian person, all laugh with the same joke. That's a different, that's a different breed. The whole thing is different. And so personally, I did two stand-up spots last year, a whole year in LA. You know, let's take out maybe three months because of extra stuff, right? Like weddings and whatever. So let's say, what's 12 minus three? I was a math major. Nine. Boy, if I got that wrong, that would have been bad. Nine months. Fuck it. Let's just stick to the year. A year of being in LA and I did two stand-up spots. That's unacceptable, bro. There, there's no way you're going to get better with your stand-up spots being that far apart. And we talked about this. Right where it's like, yeah, you know, I did the stand up thing, but you got to keep that shit tighter. If you practice riding a bike twice a year, you're never going to ride that shit. 
you're going to keep on falling. A certain level of proficiency, you got to be so a goal of mine. And don't get me wrong, you're not going to see this in January. But if you start not seeing it in February and all that stuff, then you might want to get on my ass a little bit. But a goal of mine is to at least be out there twice a week. I know that's pretty crazy. But that doesn't necessarily mean eight-minute sets. Maybe it's a tight five. Maybe it's less than five. Maybe you go up there for just 60 seconds. But you're out there, right? It's part of your routine like, okay, it's five o'clock. I'm going to go have dinner, and then I'm going to go hit up the town to do a couple spots. It's part of the routine that I'm trying to get into. And then from there, you know, like then I can properly assess and be like, you know what? I do like this shit. And I'm seeing success come from it, right? Like I am seeing the traction go towards a positive direction or the opposite. Three three scenarios, right? Either I hate it and, you know, more than likely I, I stop. Either I like it, I like the process of it, and I'm succeeding and you keep going. Or if I like it and it's like, hey, bro, you actually not that funny. Right, like, yeah, I like going out there for the attention and stuff, but you're not hitting jokes at a certain rate. Then you, then you know, maybe you reassess. You reassess the strategy and start doing things a little bit different. Same thing with the podcast. Ever since August, I I feel like I've been at a decent rate, right? But some of those twenty minute episodes, boy, that shit should have been longer. In addition to that, I didn't have a single guest. I didn't have a single guest. I didn't even message a single guest. I took my microphones to Dallas two separate times. I didn't even interview a single person. This look, I know I'm sounding like I'm I'm shitting on myself quite a bit, and I am. But this is all in the idea of all right. You know what? I'm I'm addressing the incorrect things that I was doing, or not even the incorrect things, right? Things that I could have been at a higher percentage of, right? I gave forty percent to that. I gave sixty percent to that. Where where can I? What can I tweak a little bit? And so the podcast is the same thing. How do I get this to be, how do I put more thought into this versus every Saturday creeping up and then I got to record something, edit it, put it out. How do you spend more time in that? Are you posting those shorts at a certain rate? Are you seeing growth? So those two things, in addition to now we get into the health side of things. So that's just the entertainment aspect of it. And don't get me wrong, there are a bunch of other layers like, um, maybe trying to get an agent and have that person do all the legwork for you because that is my biggest issue right now. If someone signed me up and said, hey, bro, you got, you got, to, you got to do five minutes tonight and it's at this place, 20-minute drive, I'd be like, cool. But some of the hardest, one of the, maybe the hardest part of it is just the finding the freaking gig, finding the spot to get some stage time and just be like, all right, you know, I, now I'm signed up for this. I have to prepare material. Can't just go out there with nothing. So all of that under the umbrella of find an agent. Find an agent. And if the agent doesn't work out, then move on, right? Then, then you just keep adjusting. But as of right now, I think that would be one of the things that best suit me health-wise. And, and it's, pretty, it's pretty straightforward, right? Like one I got to eat out less. That motherfucker cholesterol does, does not play games. And when that blood work comes in, you can look like a skinny individual and all healthy and all that. But that shit says a different story. 
And this has been like a consistent basis where I was like, damn, bro, you know what? I need to eat out less. I need to Uber Eats less. I need to be eating less Chick-fil-A, fried chicken in general. Y'all know fried chicken's my favorite, but just eat it more in moderation once a week, not twice a day. And then there's going to the gym. Go on a more consistent basis. You know, go for more walks. Being in California, you can do so many outdoorsy things. You can go for a hike. You can go for a swim. You can do so many things. So in addition to just putting in a higher percentage, that also falls into this. Where it's just like, all right, you know what? I'm going to cook more. And I know, I know these goals are a little bit more commonplace across the board. But yeah, it, it's for me too. Now, I don't want to, you know, like over oversaturate this podcast with all my stuff being like, yeah, you know what I hope, uh, you know, this is what I hope to do. This is what I hope to do. Yeah, hold me to it. But I just wanted to share a little bit because then if it's like, all right, you, you feel something similar or, you know, you want to message me, comment about like oh, so, something you're working on. And he's like, you know what? I, I don't really feel comfortable sharing this because a lot of times it gets mocked. Will I mock you? Maybe. But that doesn't mean I'm going to shoot it down, right? If you're trying to do dry January, I understand what you're trying to get at. Hey, you know what? I feel like I've been drinking too much. I, I get it. I get it. I'm just not going to hang out with you. So to summarize all that bit, it just comes down to, for me personally, what percentage am I given? And if I can increase that percentage, I truly do think things will fall into place. I don't need to beat something into the ground too much. In addition to... I got to make sure I don't try to spread myself too thin. Like we talk about, right? If you try to cram so much stuff into January and you try to be proficient at everything in the same body that came from December, you're going to topple over. More than likely, you're going to topple over. Is it possible? Of course. But personally, that will be the new year, new me. In other news, oh my goodness gracious. Everyone has been talking about this Good old Jeffrey Epstein list. I did not think it was going to be as popular as it has been because honestly, I just haven't kept up with it too much. You know, I saw initially when the um, first documentary came out on Netflix and it kind of goes over like how him and his wife were holding uh, or him and his former girlfriend basically had this sex trafficking island. If you there is a whole documentary on outside at, on, on, on outside <laughs> on Netflix called Filthy Rich. So it will give you a little bit more background of this. But basically, this is an ongoing case. Jeffrey Epstein himself, uh, this is the story, is he killed himself while in prison. But this case is still going, right, as far as unveiling everything that goes into the investigation of this island. Most recently, there has been a list revealed kind of detailing the the flight logs, a lot of manifests where it's like, hey, you know, the, all of these people visited the island or all of these people were on the one of Jeffrey Epstein's private charters, planes, boats. I don't know what it is, but there is a list that came out. The list wasn't too exciting. And you will say you will see a lot of news outlets and a lot of articles basically kind of be like, hey, the list doesn't necessarily mean anything. And that's a that's a bit nonsense because it's like, uh, bro, if I if I go through the local weed dealers Venmo transaction and I see all these names on there, 
I'm not going to think they were splitting pizza and shit. I'm going to know exactly what it was for. And so the list, the, the, that list aspect of it is a bit, sorry, the kind of dismissiveness of it is a bit like, wait, why though? You know, like, it, it's pretty directly correlated to this, but I understand the whole, you know, like, well, we can't jump to any conclusions. Sure, their name was on the list, but I don't know. Some of the names on this list. I'm just going to run through the list a little bit, uh, not go into too much detail unless we find it funny. Obviously, Maxwell, his former girlfriend, Andrew Albert, Christian Edwards, Prince Andrew, Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, which we already knew, uh, but 2024, he probably still would be president. Uh, Hillary Clinton, David Copperfield, John Connolly, I don't know who that is, Al, whoever that is, Leonardo DiCaprio, Al Gore, Stephen Hawking, Ehud Barak, Michael Jackson, uh, I mean, damn, Marvin, Kevin Spacey, George Lucas. And what's crazy is Kevin Spacey just beat his charges. Like, he literally was just found not guilty of sexual assault. So he goes from having those hit series like House of Cards, uh, losing them because of the allegations, being proved not guilty, and then his name comes out on this list. The name, I mean, the list keeps going, right? Naomi Campbell, Bruce Willis, uh, what was a funny one? Chris Tucker. The funniest name on this list to me, and I feel like a lot of other people, was Stephen Hawking. And I'm not trying to, you know, like, ha-ha on someone in a wheelchair, but you wouldn't expect that. Like, think about how cumbersome it was for the rest of the people. Oh, fuck, you know, like, here we go. We got to push this dude off the plane again. We got to roll him to this part of the island. How do you even roll a wheelchair in sand? What an unfortunate thing. Obviously, yeah, the worst part is the sex trafficking part. I'm not denying that. I'm not trying to make light of it. But you got to laugh a little bit. The funniest thing, I think, is like, you know, we see this list and we're like, oh, Donald Trump, that's disgusting. Oh, you know, like how horrible. Stephen Hawking, what a nasty dude. Michael Jackson, oh, he was probably disgusting. Kevin Spacey, get him out of here. Cancel him. Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, you know, he was probably just, you know, trying to get a movie role or something like that. Like, he's probably innocent. <laughs> It's just funny how we, you know, like we, we, we have a favoritism. It exists. It does exist. It, it, you can't just instantly cancel someone. You, when you see something like this, you see Leonardo DiCaprio's name on this list. You're like, ah, you know what? Mm, maybe he was doing something positive. Maybe he was trying to, nah, more than likely he could have been just as nasty. Leonardo DiCaprio is one of my favorite actors, if not probably my favorite actor. But damn, what what happens next, right? What happens after this? Do people start, you know, losing movie deals? Do movies start getting pulled from, you know, like what happens? This guy's dead. So it's not like they can question him or do anything like that. So this all is just going to come down to investigation stuff. I don't know where it goes from here. More than likely, we're going to see the first reference to this. And look, I look, here here here's some conspiracy theory and this will go into uh, our second, our last topic of the day, which is some Cat Williams stuff. But here's the big conspiracy is that all of these people on this list, in addition to Jeffrey Epstein himself, were part of some giant evil cabal. And I recently watched a movie on Netflix called Leave the World Behind. And if you haven't seen it, it's a great watch. It's a bit suspense, s suspenseful, suspenseful. 
but it's not like it's not scary like that like i'm personally someone that does not like scary movies this was borderline there where i was like ah you know i don't like these suspenseful parts you know leading up parts but i get it those are some of the best parts it's what gets your body pumping a little bit cool but once again in that movie it basically is about uh society falling as a whole and within that society falling um there are a group of people that orchestrate and determine how things will go in addition to that if something were to go down they have enough knowledge and wherewithal to take precaution before the event occurs all of that being the evil cabal and let's not even call them evil right like I mean, I guess it is evil, but the cabal itself. This right here, this list of people like Bill Clinton, former presidents, people like Stephen Hawking, Kevin Spacey, right? A lot of these people that are in the entertainment industry and part of office, former office, I could see this being a cabal. In addition to why these news outlets are not necessarily putting blame on them. Yes, the the list itself came out and you know there should be a lot of conversations to be had now but i could see that you know overall that cabal being like all right you know what we gotta we gotta minimize this talk about you know make sure this doesn't get as much attention as it's getting and then eventually it'll die out right because that's how news works the biggest story is the biggest story until there's a distraction remember when we used to talk about the the russia ukraine war i haven't seen that shit on my story in a while you know why because israel palestine if something were to happen, let's say some terrorist attack again, look, look how many school shootings or, you know, even like general shootings that have happened in the last X amount of months that you haven't heard about because all you see on your uh, Twitter, Instagram threads, whatever feed has been so dominant Israel, Palestine. That's just how news works. And so all of that to say is, I could see the cabal being true, right? That's just a conspiracy. But overall, I mean, we'll see what happens with this list next. Which, like I said, I told you, the next thing we were going to talk about is this Cat Williams interview. For those that don't know, Cat Williams is a comedian uh, and actor, producer, wh whatever else he is. He did an interview with Shannon Sharp on Shannon Sharp's podcast slash show called Club Shay Shay. Um, this has been, I did not think this was going to be so popular because not a lot of people really keep up with Cat Williams, even though I understand he was a big deal. And Shannon Sharp has grown into a big media personality. Um, but overall for this one, this podcast itself has reached 22 million views in the course of in, over the course of three to four days. Now, the, to give you guys like a, a, a scale where to put that on is the biggest podcast, the most viewed podcast as of right now is the, is the, no, obviously, <laughs> is uh, the Joe Rogan and Elon Musk interview. And I think that hit 36 million and that happened maybe at least six months ago, if not a full year ago. So this is on course to beat that. With that being said, why is it being so pop? Why has it been so popular? Um, mainly because Cat Williams was, he wasn't talking shit. 
right? He was just basically saying things that you aren't used to hearing. You're not used to hearing people reference the Illuminati. You're not used to people saying, oh, like the industry got him in a dress to own him. And after they own you, they'll give you a wife and they'll give you a bunch of movie parts. Like your career will take off like that, right? Personally, and and, and this is like right everyday thinking where or every commonplace thinking where it's like, oh, you know, that person is successful because they have skill, they worked hard, and they got to a certain part. Uh, they got to a certain uh, level. Cat Williams basically kind of shining light on where it's like, hey, there were a lot of successful people that didn't reach that certain peak in their career because they wouldn't do X, Y, Z. They wouldn't let Harvey Weinstein do, do anything to them. They wouldn't uh, put a dress on for a part. They wouldn't kiss a dude for a part. There's all these things. I'm a massive fan of Cat Williams. My Mount Rushmore of comedians. And look, hate on me if you want. One, Chappelle. Two, Russell Peters. And, and, and this is in no particular order. Just take the four, right? Russell Peters. I know he's not, he doesn't deliver at the same rate he used to. But for me, he was the first dude I ever watched on my little laptop where he was wearing that white button down. And that was the first thing I saw where it's like, people do this? This is what people get paid for? And those specials back then, absolutely hilarious. Even today, the, the dude he is, right? I don't think he'll put together another hour special like that. But the dude is still hilarious, in my opinion. So right there, I got Dave Chappelle, Russell Peters, Bernie Mac, who does get referenced in this podcast interview. So those three right there, Bernie Mac, a legend himself, if not the most legendary. And then my fourth spot, this, this is the one that kind of gets thrown up in the air sometimes. But Cat Williams is a name I would put on there. Between the Pimp Chronicles and I forgot the special name where he was wearing black and white and he did the whole alligator bit. That shit was legendary. And he went on to keep doing more specials, right? The specials nowadays, I, I, I don't resonate with them as much. But holy shit, in that come up when I was watching stand up more and more, those were the best things. So I am a huge fan of Cat Williams as far as comedian and actor. If you ever see him in any of these acting roles, that dude is hilarious. The dude is hilarious. Now, do I think Cat Williams is someone that maybe got blackballed by the industry as far as like he didn't do anything wrong but as soon as he started teetering as soon as he did maybe one wrong thing the industry collapsed on him i could see that being true because this dude was the biggest name in comedy he was the biggest name in comedy this is before Chappelle came back um i think the biggest names in comedy during and and this is a guy that i watched on wild and out Right. He was just a comedian on Wild and Out, ha ha, all that stuff. And then boom, one special, boom, two specials. And he was this star. After that, I don't know what exact event happened where he kind of fell off. And that's when you kind of start seeing the rise of Chris Rock. Or sorry, Chris Rock is, was always a, a staple. Um, that's when you start seeing the rise of Kevin Hart. And so when that beef is there, when, you know, like that whole beef between Cat Williams and Kevin Hart exists, it's, you kind of understand, right? Where it's like, damn, bro. That, that fool took 
took my path because I got thrown off a little bit and then has not been able to course correct back on. In this interview, he talks about, oh, you know, like I was actually offered the spots of all these big roles. I was shown these scripts before anyone else. But this is the reason I didn't do that, because they were trying to uh, own me as an artist. There's so many things in this interview. I, I could spend a whole another 30 minutes talking about this. But more so is like, do I think anything will come from this interview? I don't. You know, like he, he's speaking on the cabal. And, and anytime that happens, either the person will just get blackballed more or the story will die out with a, another story that's bigger. So if you get some time, I definitely go recommend uh, watch that podcast. It's on it's on YouTube. It's on, I think, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everything, right? You probably see it all over your TikTok feed if you look for it. So if you get an hour or some spare time, go check it out. I think it is a little, uh, it's definitely an entertaining watch. How factual it is, I don't know, even though there have been a lot of like video confirmations that have come out as far as like people stealing jokes and stuff, but we'll see what comes from it. Oh man, with that being said, I talked your ear off enough for this week. I promise you I won't be taking two weeks off anytime soon. So thank you guys again for listening. Don't forget to comment, like, subscribe, share with a friend. Uh, g- give me the notes if you feel comment the the hateful stuff on the shorts like i said it's all love i love all the publicity um i'll see you guys next week and once again happy new year and bye